Can we just take a moment? I know we've been singing to him and worshiping him. Let's just take a moment just to, to behold him. We've trained our, our bodies and our minds to operate at such a fast pace that even in the place of praise to him, in the place of worship to him, sometimes he's, he's speaking right to us. And it, we have to, there's times where we just have to learn to stop and tune in to him. We can pray and praise and worship but one of the most beautiful parts of this relationship is, is to actually hear him, to see him rightly, to behold him in his glory. So Lord, this morning, we just take time to set our eyes on you to meditate upon you, to put our hearts upon you. Lord, I thank you that you're never in a hurry. There's a saying that someone told me years ago that I has just always stuck. We can move and the Lord will wait for us we can wait upon him and the Lord will move for us Lord we wait upon you we set our hearts our lives our minds our actions everything that we have we set it upon you and in you
but I pray that today that you would open eyes to see you in a greater way. Begin to blow our minds and our understanding. Take us out of the mindset of man into the mindset of Christ. May we be clothed with humility, clothed with your love, clothed with that spirit of fear that is the beginning of understanding and wisdom. I pray for a burning of our hearts today. Oh, so often we actually don't even realize that you're right there. That you're right in front of us moving. But we perceive with our eyes but with lack of understanding. We're ever hearing but we're never understanding. Open our eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Lord, let that burning in our heart become a reality in the space that we live in. That you're here in this place. You just lift up your hands. not about just a message. It's not about a message at all. It's about a man. It's about Jesus. It's about King Jesus. It's who he is and a revelation of who he is in us. Lord, would you reveal yourself to us today? I pray that hearts would be hungry, that there would be a hunger and a thirst, Lord, for more of you. Lord, make us hungry. Not for the things of this world, but for the eternal things. That we would not set our eyes on the things of this world, but set our eyes on things above. Set the longing of our heart on things above. Position our heart in your heart. To see as you see. To hear as you speak. Oh, that we would know that voice. When Jesus was with Mary Magdalene at the gravesite, at the tomb, she was speaking to him. She was speaking to Jesus that did not recognize him and thought he was a gardener. And it wasn't until he spoke her name and he said, Mary, that her eyes were open and that she saw, she heard Jesus speak her very name. And she goes, Rabbi, teacher. Rabbi. I just feel like the Lord's just saying right now, just there are some of you who are in a place where you're frustrated, where you're seeing things but from a wrong perspective, where it's been a, a struggle. <laughs> she was right there with Jesus, crying and asking Jesus, 
to bring Jesus back because she thought Jesus had taken Jesus because she didn't know who Jesus was. <laughs> she missed it. You've got the, the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus comes in and they're walking with him and they're telling Jesus about this guy, Jesus, this prophet, Jesus, who came to be the king of the Jews and, and how it all went wrong. And They didn't realize that in the midst of the trial that they were in, in the midst of the, what they thought was a horrible time where they had lost their hope, where they had lost everything, that Jesus was actually in their midst walking with them. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see what you're doing in the midst of the situations we're facing right now. Whoever that, whoever you are, I, there, I feel like there's multiple people right now that you're kind of in that place of, man, I just, I don't know the next step. I don't know where to go and I just want to quit. I feel like you're on the verge of this revelational moment where you're going to go, oh, Jesus, you're right there. You're right there. You're in the midst of the, of the struggle. You're in the midst of the, of the problems that I'm facing. And there is a joy and a hope that is about to be restored. I, I pray for an awakening of our hearts today. Of every heart in this place. Just put your hand on your heart. And say, Jesus, awaken my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you rightly. I want to see what you're doing. Show me your ways. In the midst of the trials. In the midst of the struggles. What are you doing? Strengthen my heart. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. You were here last week. Uh, someone just had a, just a word of knowledge over someone needed healing for fibromyalgia, and uh, actually, a couple couple people came up, and I don't I don't know what happened in in all the situations, but I know I was on this side, and we were just praying over someone, and and uh, the Lord completely healed them of all pain, of all fibromyalgia. Uh, and and in the midst of it, 
there was like an excitement, but then there was a, I, I just asked her, I said, so there's no pain? And she goes, well, there's no fibromyalgia pain, but she goes, I'm a mess. She goes, I've got, I've got arthritis in my back and pain and, and all this other stuff going on. And, uh, and I think sometimes we just, we get this, we limit Jesus on, on what he can do because of our lack of understanding. Or just our lack of kind of faith to go, well, he can, he can do it all. But we're like, well, he healed that. That's good enough. And sometimes we just, we stop there. And, and, but we just, we ended up praying for this lady up the front here. And, and, uh, and, and then all the pain, all the pain left. Uh, every bit of it. And she... But I don't just, I, I don't just say this. I just feel like the Lord actually just wants, we were even just speaking over it this week that there's, there's healing in this place. There's healing in his wings. There's healing that he actually desires to bring to his people in, in both the physical sense, more importantly, in the spiritual sense. Because we, we can get healed of our physical ailments all day long. And if we don't come to know our Savior, our Lord, uh, it, it's, at the end of the day, it's not going to do much for us. I mean, we might feel better for the temporal time that we're here on this earth, but, but there is a longing of our hearts, a cry out in our hearts for more of him. But his desire is also to heal in the physical. And I believe it's a sign and a wonder to reveal the goodness of God and who he is. And I've seen him do it so many times. And I just felt like he wants to do it this morning. I just felt like there's just this, and I saw, I just saw someone, I don't know, something going on with the left leg and, or the, like, towards the lower part of the leg and just a, a pain and maybe it's a break. I don't know. I've seen him. He's, <laughs> he's mended bones instantaneously. He's grown out limbs. I've seen him grow out limbs a foot instantaneously. I've seen him do so many miraculous things. So I... There's nothing that's too big for our God. When you look at it in the, in the big terms, like this is the same God who created the heavens and the earth in just a couple days. Uh, created mankind. <laughs> uh, I think he can handle just the ailments, the sickness, the whatever it is, the, the, the problems that we have. And there's, a, there's just a, a reaching out to him. And it, yeah, so Lord, I just ask right now, just... Just put your hand on whatever it is, maybe that's, if there's pain, if there's something going on right now. Just feel like the Lord just said, there's healing in the room. So Lord, even as just we, as we get to talk about you, Lord, may we see you. May we see your hand move by your spirit right now. Lord, as people have their hands laid on different parts of their body, whatever it is, Lord, I ask you right now for just a wave of your healing to come across this place. Lord Jesus, release your healing power right now. And for those watching online, I know there's a lot watching online right now. Like, same thing. He, he moves through the airways. He moves. <laughs> so Lord, right now, yeah, for that person that has the, the problem in your left leg, I feel like even just in the neck, I know, Someone actually does have neck pain, but uh, yeah, just something going on in the neck there. 
Lord, I thank you right now for healing. I command all pain to leave the body. Lord Jesus, I ask you for healing. I ask you right now for a peace over the body. I pray for peace over the mind. I feel like some of you just, there's like a, there's, for someone there's like a deep anxiety that's just been weighing on you so heavily. It's like, it's almost like you can't see straight. It's giving you headaches. It's keeping you up at night. Lord, I thank you right now for healing. I thank you for a peace that goes beyond understanding to guard the heart and the mind right now. Lord, I thank you that you're the healer. We look to you, Jesus. There's no one like you. I command that pain in the head, the pain in the neck, the pain in the foot, the leg, any other pain right now in the bodies, I command it to go in Jesus' name. I thank you for a release of healing power right now across this place. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead and the ground began to shake, and it says that many came out of their graves. <laughs> I believe just even as we get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, there is power. There was power on resurrection day. There was a power that, that, that rose Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead it dwells within us. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, move in power. In Jesus' name. Amen. I always tell people, if just do this, just check. Check it right away. If you couldn't do something, if there was something that was hurting, just check the pain. Check the pain right now and see where it is. And I'm just going to ask if there's either 100% or even if there's like, if a, not just like, eh, maybe, but if there's a tangible, noticeable difference of whatever that was, whether it was head, left leg, neck, back, I'm just going to ask you just to raise your hand. I just want to see. Okay, one, two, yeah, thank you, Lord. Three, four, five, six. Seven, eight. Come on. Can you guys just give a look? So eight people, I don't know what happened. I want to hear the testimonies. But this is our God. He is so good. And and let me let me say this. If you like if you're like, well, eight, all these other people got it and I didn't. <laughs> don't be discouraged. Like just press into the Lord. Like sometimes we go, well. I didn't get healed, so I don't believe in this stuff. No, just press in. You're going to receive your healing. I remember we have a pastor on staff, her, uh, Ray, and, um, and for, for years she was getting prayed for. She had uh, progressive MS, and, uh, and she was here, prayed, prayed for, prayed for, prayed for, prayed for, and then it was just, it was her moment. That was her time. She's back in the prayer room, 
and she was on a walker or in a wheelchair uh, pretty much all the time. And, uh, and somebody just looked over her, to her who didn't go to the church, someone from another place. There was a conference here and she just said, today is the day for your healing. And uh, she's like, yes, I want it. And uh, if you've seen Ray, I don't know if Ray's here today. Oh, there she is, right here. There you go. <laughs> You're usually over here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it says reserved. It was reserved for you. <laughs> but, um, but she does, she came out here and she began to run. She couldn't walk. She couldn't walk, much less run. She be Ray began to run. So Ray, just stand up. I didn't, know, I didn't know if you were here or not. She's in high heels now. <laughs> But such a beautiful just testimony of God's goodness. She, she began to run, and guess what happened? She fell flat on her face. <laughs> and I think this is what can happen with some of us. Is sometimes our tendency is, well, that didn't work. But she got back up, and she started to run again. And she ran all the way around the sanctuary. And that was how many years ago? 15 years ago. She does a victory lap every year. At the same day that she was healed, she runs around this just as a remembrance. It's, that, it's those memory stones to say, oh, he did this for me. Some of you, got to, you need that memory stone. You need to like remember the things that the Lord has done for you. And, uh, and thank the Lord for those things. Don't, don't be like the nine lepers that, that just kind of took off. Be like the one that came back and said, thank you, Lord, for my healing. And uh, so, amen. Amen. All right. Well, that was a good message. God bless you guys. Love you. <laughs> that was a good message. So, ah. Uh, it's funny, because on Easter Sunday, um, there's this tendency that I've had just to, to be more prepared, uh, to have a, a message. And, um, and let me say, I, it's not that I don't prepare my heart. I, I'm always preparing my heart. I'm before the Lord all the time. Not, this is in a prideful way. It's, a, it's in a humble way, because I need him more than anyone. <laughs> I need to be, and Christy, my wife says, amen. <laughs> uh, I need him more than, than, than life itself. Like, I just, I have to be before him. And so, just over these past couple days, I spent at least eight hours on Friday in here. And then another yesterday, at least over eight hours just in here, on my face, before the Lord, praying. But at the same time, I'm like, but Lord, give me, give me like a good message that I can release. He gave me nothing. <laughs> nothing in the sense of like something that I could have planned out. And uh, he gave me shalom. He gave me his peace, yes. Uh, but I, I realized, and, and it was something that was already stirring in my heart, that, that this, is, this can never be about like a message or a presentation uh, this is about allowing God to do what he wants to do. And it doesn't mean that we can't come with a message, but, but I feel like for me, if, I'm, if I come too prepared, uh, I can actually miss the things that the Lord has for each of you. And so what we do is we just hold our hands loosely and we say, God, do what you want to do. 
So I thought, well, I mean, I do have, I have like, I think two verses in a slide that I do want to show you. Um, so I do have a little bit planned, but, but I just like, Lord, I don't know where we're going. And so I said, well, at least I'll, I'll get some sleep and, uh, you know, be ready and alert and because uh, a lot of times I'm pressing in and, and going late and then getting up, I get up at like 4.35 in the morning. And so, um, so I was like, well, at least I'll do that. Well, I went to bed and I could not sleep. And I was up, I don't know, probably till 2.30 in the morning. Um, at least uh, last time I looked at the clock, it was like a little after 2 a.m. And I'm sitting here going, Lord, like I'm trying to get to sleep so that I can be ready for tomorrow. And, 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 <laughs> Immediately what came to mind was when Jesus was with his three disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, like praying. Well, Jesus was praying while the others were sleeping, right? And he's like, will you, can you not tarry with me <laughs> for one hour? Can you not be with me? And, and so I felt like the Lord's like, hey, will you not stay up with me? This was crazy enough. This was, yeah, like this was the time right before his death that he's like, I need you alert. I need you awake. I need you listening to my voice. And uh, so, I, I, I mean, just honestly, I didn't do a great job of like praying during that time. I was just like, Lord, I'm just trying to sleep. <laughs> but, uh, but I just felt like sometimes what the Lord will do is take us out of our comfort zones, take us out of our own strengths uh, so that we actually do rely more on him so that he can do what he wants to do through our lives. Amen. So I don't say that, like, the Lord's stirring my heart. There's some things that I'm going to share with you this morning, and, but we'll see, we'll just see where it goes. And uh, um, we've got a couple hours, so you guys ready? I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I'm actually, yeah, I do want to, we're going to, as we end this service, though, we're going to take communion. I felt like that was really important, uh, that we're just going to, we're going to take the blood and the body of, of Christ together. Um, all right, so let me start with a very serious note. I want to read this to you. A man, his wife, and his mother-in-law went on vacation to the Holy Land. And while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. I know, this is, I told you. An undertaker told him, you can have her shipped home for $5,000, or you can bury her right here in the Holy Land for $150. And the man thought about it, and then he decided, he said, you know what, I'm going I'm to have her shipped home. And the undertaker said, well, why, why would you do that? Why would you spend $5,000 when you can actually have her buried right here in this wonderful Holy Land? And he responded and he said, well, a man died 2,000 years ago. He was buried here and three days later he rose from the dead. I can't take that chance. <laughs> I say that with a huge caveat, especially if my mother-in-law is watching. I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> Martha, I love you. Uh, I do. I, I truly do. But I, anyway, we'll just leave that one alone. 
Oh. Bill Johnson told that joke, so I figured it was okay if I tell it. <laughs> you can yell at Bill. Um, oh, Lord. Now we, now we, <laughs> now the good stuff. Uh, I just want to pray into this. I want to start here in Colossians 1. Um, and then I'm going to take you back. I want to just quickly go through this story uh, of just the last couple days of Jesus' life, death, resurrection. Uh, and I'm going to give you the real, you're going to get the super short version. But I just want to start with this and kind of pray into it here. This is this understanding that we need to have of, of who Jesus is as we live on this earth. If we grasp this, just this right here, this will, this will change our life forever. <laughs> In verse 15 of Colossians 1. Did I say Colossians? Okay. I right, look at that. Can we change it to the NIV or? I don't know if we have that. Uh, only because I'm reading out of the NIV. Uh, they're all good versions, by the way. Uh, it's, it's funny. I, I use the NIV mostly, although I shift around sometimes. Marcus uses the ESV. Uh, Andrew uses the NLT. And so it's so good because we've just kind of like, we got, and then we got the New King James, and we just pull them all in, and sometimes one says it better than the other. And, but anyway, this is the old NIV, by the way, not the new version. It's the 84 version, uh, which is actually better. He, <laughs> I don't know where I'm getting on this. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? He is the image of the invisible God. It's talking about Jesus. This is, this is who we're magnifying today. This is who we're, we're setting our hearts on. This is who we're setting our eyes on today. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created. Just stop right there. By him all things were created. All things. It's just, you're gonna, your minds can kind of start to go tilt on some of this stuff. Things in heaven and on earth both visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him, by Jesus, and for him. Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning. He is the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness. Hear that again. God, the Father, was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in his Son. Jesus. And it says, and through him to reconcile to himself. So through Christ to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And how did he do it? By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. 
We got <laughs> the audio version over there. Uh, you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll just stop right there. So Lord, this, this morning, as, as we get to celebrate this resurrection, Lord, it, there had to be a death. There had to be a sacrifice. There had to be the Lamb of God sacrificed so that we could actually walk and come into the fullness through the blood that was shed on the cross that now we have the high priest, the same Lamb of God that was, that was on the cross now being resurrected to become the high priest that goes into the Holy of Holies and sprinkles his blood on the mercy seat. And now intercedes for us. We have a high priest right now who currently intercedes for us, for each one of us. Lord, I thank you for the awakening of hearts today. To see the place that we have in you because of who you are, because of what you've done, and because of this reconciliation. Because you first loved us, that we now get to receive that love and walk into the fullness of everything that you have for us. Lord, reveal it. Reveal it to us in a greater way today. Open our eyes to see. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to get technical with you guys for just a minute here. Uh, and Christy, I showed this to Christy yesterday, and she's like, oh boy, don't lose everybody. So if I start to lose you, we just raise your hand. Not yet. <laughs> Can you put the slide up that is the graph, the graph, the, there you go. This is the, <laughs> my wife's laughing. This is my engineering side. If you didn't know, my background is civil engineering. Um, but I, I, I put this together. Maybe it was just for me. But, but I just want you to see this. And first off, when you, when you, when you talk about, when, when you see the days here in the Bible, it's different from our, our days. Uh, and so that's the first kind of confusing thing as you go, well, our day starts at, at 12 a.m. and then goes till 12 a.m., right? Uh, but but the, the Jewish days, they actually start in the evening and then they end in the evening. So they go evening and then morning. And, and it's kind of cool. Where does this come from? It comes from Genesis. It was evening and it was morning. That was the first day. So when you have this, as you look at the bottom there, evening, morning, evening, morning, this is the ninth day of Nisan, the tenth day. And so the, this was, this was, these were the days leading up to the crucifixion and then the resurrection. Um, and then right above it is just the day of the week. And then above that, on the top there, is kind of how we see our days. And, and so just kind of jumping back to the tenth day, you've got this triumphal entry. You've got Palm Sunday. This is the time when Jesus is entering into Jerusalem. And, uh, and by the way, there, there are so many prophetic words about Jesus through the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written at least 400 years before the birth of Christ. I think the last, the last text was written 450 BC. So you've got you have all these, these prophetic declarations, prophetic words about Jesus. I mean, when you look at this Bible, when you read through this beginning to end, 
like this is all, it's, you see Jesus from beginning to end. He's, he's in the beginning, he's in the end. He's the author and he's the perfecter of our faith. He's the alpha, he's the omega. Like he is, it, it's, it's all about Jesus. Why? Because the father made it about Jesus. He gave him the name above every other name. That, it, that everyone would bow to the name of Jesus. And, uh, but one of the cool things, I was just seeing this. When you look at, at prophecy, uh, the chances. So, there's over 300. I, I think there's something like, anyway, I'm not going to quote the, the exact number. But there's well over 300. And so, as I was looking at this, uh, somebody else did the, 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 the statistics on this. Uh, but uh, for one person to fulfill eight of those prophecies, the, the chances of that is one in, and I don't even know how to say this, but it's, it's one in, and then there's one in 17 zeros after it. That's for eight prophecies. This was done by a mathematician. I'm, not, I'm an engineer, not a mathematician. Uh, for... For 48 prophecies, if you, if you take that, um, for 48 prophecies, the chances are one in, and then one with 157 zeros, which is like, like the chances of that, <laughs> it would never, it could never happen. Like it's just, and then that's for 48. Now we have one in 300. Uh, and there is no number for that. I don't even know what that is. It's, um, the number is beyond a number. It's, if you know the, the MasterCard, it's like this $100, this $300, this priceless. <laughs> Jesus, 300 prophecies, priceless. You can't put a number on it. Uh, it it's beyond our scope, beyond our, our understanding. The, uh, the, and so... When you go, what, how is it possible that this word could prophesy this one man that came to be unless this one man is the son of God? The very word. And I mean, this is what will blow your mind is he's the word. So he is the prophecies. He's all the written prophecies that are in here. He's the, he's the living word of the written word. So... Yeah, let that kind of just mess with your mind there. Okay, so back to that, back to that slide, because I had to go quickly on this. Um, there we go. So you got the, the triumphal entry. Jesus comes in, he comes in, and Marcus talked about this last week. It's so beautiful. The fact, as we were celebrating Palm Sunday, here's Jesus coming in on the, the colt of a donkey, one-year-old donkey, uh, that has probably never been ridden, and the king of the Jews is riding in on the colt of a donkey. Like, that is just the position of humility that Jesus walked in. Uh, and it was prophesied. Uh, it was also the day that the Passover lambs were selected. And, and here Jesus was coming in as the Passover lamb. And there's so much, I'm not going to go through all this. It is beautiful when you go through all the details of this to see how, how detailed our God is. In the days, the way the things happen, and it's like, what? You did that on this day? And, and it perfectly aligned with this? I mean, just here's an example. I, and I've written, I wrote about it a couple weeks ago in an email but that went out to you guys, if you guys get the email. 
But the, uh, and I can't, like, this is believed to be the truth as, they, as the experts have actually studied this. But, you know, when uh, Abraham brought Isaac up to the altar to be sacrificed, uh, he prophesies. Abraham prophesies and he says, God will provide the lamb. And he's prophesying, he was prophesying over how God would provide the lamb as they were going up to give the sacrifice. Well, that very place, that mountain that they were going up is the same place that Jesus was sacrificed. The same place that Abraham was bringing Isaac and then the, the lamb was provided is the same place that Jesus, as the lamb of God, was sacrificed on that, in that same place. This stuff just like, blow, yeah, you can give the Lord a hand. It's like, that's wild. It's not a coincidence. And I would bet that they placed that cross in the very same place that the altar was where the lamb was sacrificed. I can't guarantee it. We'll know when we get to heaven, but I would I just, it, that would be our God to go. I'm placing it in the exact same place where that lamb was sacrificed. That's where my lamb is going to be sacrificed because that's the God we serve. <laughs> He's amazing. So anyway, so going through this thing, you've got, you got that amazing day where Jesus becomes the Passover lamb that is selected to be sacrificed. And then you have this, the next couple days leading up to the Passover, which is the 14th day of Nisan. And uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's said that it's the 15th day, but if you go back into scripture, I could, I could take you through 20 scriptures that say it's the 14th day of Nisan is the day of Passover. Uh, that day is actually Thursday. Jesus actually was crucified on Thursday, not Friday. I know we say Good Friday, um, but Jesus was sacrificed on Thursday, and there's a, there's a lot to that. Well, actually, one of the prophetic words is, is uh, um, Matthew 12, 40, um, yeah, which says this. It says, as, for as Jonah was three days and nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And, and in order for that to happen, whoopsies, oh, there you go, Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, now you got them both on there. <laughs> Can you guys give these guys a hand back here? That are... Thank you, guys. I know I'm throwing you all over the place. You guys are awesome. Thanks for keeping up with me. Um, so, on the 12th day, you've got the, the chief priests and the elders. They're, they're plotting to arrest and to kill Jesus. On the, the next day, uh, Jesus actually says, hey, Peter, John, I need you to prepare the Passover. Uh, and then you go into the 14th day. And I want to say, this day, it is crazy how much happens on this one day. Uh, and, and, and I know there's, if you look at the top there, it's actually part of Wednesday and then into Thursday and most of Thursday. But over that 24-hour period, if, you, if you're reading... Uh, in John, if you read John, that 24 hours is from John 13 all the way through John 19. You read all of that, and that all happens within a 24-hour period. You have, the, you have Jesus washing the feet of the disciples that evening, and then you have him going into the Last Supper, 
You have Jesus praying at the Mount of Olives. You have Judas betraying Jesus. You have Jesus arrested. You have Peter disowning Jesus three times. You have uh, so much that happens even from that time. You have him go to Pontius Pilate. You have him go to Herod and back to Pilate. And uh, all that's happening within this 24 hours. You have Pontius Pilate. He's, he's having uh, Jesus whipped and they put the crown of thorns on his head. And uh, Herod and his, and his, his uh, crew are mocking Jesus and saying, you're the king of the Jews. <laughs> You have Jesus carrying the cross, and, and then you get this, they pick somebody else to carry the cross for him for a little bit of the, the travel there up, up, to the, up to the hill. And then Jesus is crucified. And uh, all, all in a day's time. And, and it says that from basically from noon until three is when it was a dark time. It was dark for three hours. And uh, let me just... Yeah, actually, I'm not going to go into that. I want to get to another part. Um, and then you have Jesus buried. And, and he had to be buried. He wasn't actually buried. I need to scratch that. He was laid in a tomb. <laughs> Jesus was not buried. Um, he was laid in a tomb, but he had to be laid in a tomb before, before evening of basically the 15th day of Nisan because that was the Sabbath high day. And so they had to get him into a tomb before then. And so they, they, they laid him in a tomb. And um, you have Nicodemus. Uh, you know, this is a wee little man, is, is he? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's Zacchaeus. I'm sorry. Did I? Thank you. I was testing you guys to see. <laughs> Nicodemus, he was actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the Pharisees, and uh, he, but he was one that he brought. He had seventy-five pounds. He brought seventy-five pounds of spices, of aloe and of myrrh. And uh, uh, looking at that, just to give an understanding of that, um, that's equivalent to about two hundred thousand dollars in today's dollars of of spices that he used and. Um, and now, this is, this is my physical mind not working. Who's the other guy that had the tomb? Thank you, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea. Yes. Uh, so the two of them, uh, Joseph goes up to, to Pilate and says, Hey, uh, can I take the body? And he gives him the body. And he has this tomb set aside. And so they're able to lay him in the tomb. And the two of them wrap, uh, wrap Jesus and they, they lay him in this tomb. And... Uh, and then the Roman guards come and they actually guard this because they had heard that there was this rumor that he may uh, raise, be raised from the dead in three days. And they're like, well, we know that's not happening, but we don't want someone to, to go get his body. And then, and then everybody says that he's been raised from the dead. And so they put guards in front of the tomb. They roll a stone, a massive stone in front of it. And, uh, and then you have... These next couple days, you have two days, so it has to be three days. So it's evening, morning, evening, morning, evening, and then into morning. Three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. And on the, the morning of the 17th day of Nisan, this is, it says early in the morning. This is where I'm going to take you to, just jump into Matthew here. Um, 
just get there first. So Matthew 27, 45. Actually, that's about the death. Um, oh. <sighs> no, I'm not going to go back there. Um, let me just say there was one beautiful part. I would, I'll just encourage you, go back and read this. Um, I spent couple hours Friday actually just meditating on this. But there is this place right before Jesus died. So back up a little bit. Uh, in, the last, in the last moments before his death, it says this. It says, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. And he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And it's my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? And I think sometimes, here's the thing. Jesus did not think that his God had forsaken him. What he was actually doing in that moment is he was prophesying, or he was, he was bringing people back to the prophecy of, of, of Psalm 22. And if you read Psalm 22, it is a, it is a beautiful psalm about the death of Jesus and about what he was going to go through. But I do want to read the last part. I just, I feel like, but go through this, this, and just take your time. Go through, go through Psalm 22 and, and let the Lord just reveal some things to you in this. He will, he'll wreck you in this, I promise you, if you let him. And uh, I just, I, I mean, my eyes were so swollen. I was just weeping and crying. When, when you just tie this into like, what our God did for us, what Jesus actually did for us, uh, that he would go through this for us so that we could actually live a resurrected life in Christ by the blood of the Lamb with Jesus as the high priest. Uh, but if you go down, when you go through verse 1, basically up through 21, this is this, this agony and this pain that Jesus is going through. But then when you get to verse 22, it says this, and this is where there's a, a shift. And I've never, I've never seen this before. This was just as I was spending time with the Lord. And I'm seeing, oh, this is now our response. And this is this understanding of, of the God that we serve when we see what he's done. And it says this, it says, I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. They're like, this is David saying, look, I just prophesied about Jesus, what he's about to do. This is our response. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All the descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has listened to his cry for help. And it says, from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. Mm. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They will seek the Lord. They who seek the Lord will praise him. And may your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. 
and all the families of the nations will bow before him. This is what we are seeing, and it's what we will see at the end of this age. It says, for dominion, but dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship, and all who go down to the, to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord, and they will proclaim his righteousness to the people yet unborn, for he has done it. Another translation, it is finished. Come on. What does Jesus say as he's on the cross? It is finished. So when he's in, in Matthew here, when he speaks this out, it's crazy. It says, right after that, it says, and some of those standing there, they, they thought he was calling out to Elijah. Like they missed it. They missed what Jesus was actually speaking to them on the cross. <laughs> and then he says with a loud voice, Father, into, into your hands I commit my spirit. And at that moment, that's when you see the curtain of the temple torn from top to bottom. That's when you see the earth shake and the rocks split. And then it says, and that's when you see the tombs that break open and bodies of many holy people begin to walk around. Can you imagine the mother-in-laws? <laughs> ah, I thought you were gone. I thought we buried you. What happened? <laughs> the power of God is something that, that goes beyond our understanding. We have, like, th this is another just kind of crazy part that kind of your mind goes tilt. You go, really? Like, how many people got out of their graves and walked? Uh, and, and, I mean, that, people had to be blown away about what was happening in that time. Uh, all right, jump back to that thing. Let me just make sure to the, I know I went a little long, long on that one. Okay, I just want to hit this, this part right here, this Feast of the First Fruits. Uh, so, this resurrection, actually, let me just take you to John. Uh, this is just cool. You got I mean, the story is amazing, right? It, you can't, it doesn't, it should never grow old. I'm going to just read part of this here. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, she went to the tomb, and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And so she came running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, John. And it says, the one that Jesus loved. Jesus, or John was writing this. So uh, <laughs> there's a few parts in here, and you're like, oh, John was definitely writing this. <laughs> uh, but he just says the other disciple. The humility in it, he says the other disciple whom Jesus really loved, <laughs> and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. And so Peter and the other disciple, they started for the tomb. And you guys know this part, but it's still funny. Uh, it says, both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter <laughs> and reached the tomb first. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I know John was a humble man, I don't know how humble he was in this moment. <laughs> I think we all figured out that it was John. Uh, and I don't know why he had to point that out, but he did. 
and maybe because Peter was normally faster, but John was like, no, I'm getting there first. Uh, and, and you know, whenever you read the word, you, like, whenever you read these, this scripture, I feel like there's so, much, so many of the details that are left out. Um, who knew what was happening along the way? I mean, these guys were pretty competitive, and one might have kind of knocked the other one out and poof, and <laughs> just to get there first. But anyway, we know that John got there first. And then it says that, uh, but Simon Peter, who was behind him, <laughs> he arrives and he goes into the tomb first. He's the first one to actually go into the tomb. And he saw, sees the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth. Uh, and so, uh, just jumping forward here. So, what's crazy is it says that they did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had risen from the dead. They, they still didn't have, they had been told this specifically, that Jesus, he's, Jesus told them multiple times, hey guys, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to die. In three days, I will be raised from the dead. And somehow, they just, it's like they missed it. And I think, I feel like the Lord, take this for us, because the Lord is speaking to us all the time. He's revealing himself to us. He's showing us things. He's stirring our hearts. And, and in the moment, sometimes, when you're going through these difficult times, this is where we need to take hold of the very words that he's spoken. And remember those things. And, and because it's, it's, he's given them to us for a reason. And he gave them to his disciples for a reason. So that they didn't have to be fearful. That they could say, okay, he said he was going to do this. We're going to prepare because we know he's going to rise in three days. But none of them, which is crazy, none of them had that mindset. They all had the mindset that, oh no, the guy that we have been with, this one that we've loved so much that we've actually given everything. You remember back in John 6 when, when Jesus is giving that amazing message that everyone loved and, and five plus thousand people went and they were gone. Because Jesus is like, you need to drink my blood and eat my body or you have no life. And they're like, oh, that's too much. We're out. What did Peter say when Jesus said, are you going to leave also? Like, where, where are we going to go? We've given it all up. You're, you're life. You're the life. You're the, like, there's no one but you. So this is, this is Peter's response. This is all the, the, the disciples' response is they're like, no, we're, we're here for you. Our lives are with you. And then what happens? He's dead. He's on a cross. He's in a tomb. And they're like, what just happened? Our lives are over. They're hiding. They're, they're you know, going back to fishing <laughs> what they used to do before they met Jesus. They're like, I guess we'll just go live our lives again like the old way and and, and they missed, and Jesus was actually, used, there's, I'm not going to go into the scriptures there, but there was some frustration, I think, from Jesus going, come on, you guys, like, I told you these things, I want you to walk in faith. And, and I, I, I want to encourage us that these things, there's so much that the Lord is telling us and that he's revealing to us in these times, that we hold on to his words. We hold on to this word. We hold on to the rhema words, the things that he's speaking to us specifically, that we do not let go of those things. Write them down. S know his word inside and out so that when, when the times do come, and they will come, and they are coming, and they have come, and they're, they're, we're in the middle of some things, and, but there's so much to come, that when these things do happen, that we are going to be rock solid. That we are going to be stepped, we're going to be standing on Jesus. We're going to be standing on the rock. 
And, and if we don't have those things, if we don't have his word in our heart, if we're not meditating on him, if we don't have his peace, it says his peace guards our heart and mind, and it surpasses all understanding. If we don't have those things, that's when we're going to crumble. That's the, that's the foolish builder that heard it all, sat in church every Sunday, heard the word of the Lord, but it says that they did not put it into practice. They did not take the very things that God had given them and begin to operate in them. Faith without works is dead. Works by itself is dead. Faith is the understanding of what his word is that's truth, taking hold of that and then moving on it. That's what we're called to do. And in that place, what it does is it begins to lock our feet on a rock. It begins to set our feet on the rock to where we are standing strong. We're standing from the Lord had put this in my heart uh, this past week. And I was like, well, maybe I'm supposed to preach on it. And I was like, no, yes, no, I don't know. Maybe I'll preach on it in the little time. Uh, but there is, a, there is a standing firm that the Lord is calling us to. Standing firm does not mean not moving. I want to clarify that because sometimes I feel like in the body of Christ, people are like, well, I'm standing firm on the word. I'm like, you're not doing anything. Well, I'm just praying. I'm just sitting here praying, standing firm. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not standing firm. Standing firm means to actually move out. But you do not move out until you have his word and you know what he's speaking. And then you move. Uh, I, I might just come back to that because um, I, I feel like that's the, that's the crux of this. Here's the thing. This whole thing, this, this story, it's great. <laughs> You're like, what? It's amazing. It's great. But, but if we do not take hold of it, if we do not begin to take this into our lives and actually walk with it and use what he's given us, what he's paid for, you realize he paid for each of our lives. On that cross, he paid for our life. If he's paid for your life, I want to ask you, how are you doing with the life that he's given you? That he's paid for? And this convicts my heart. I'm right here with you guys. There are days I'm like, oh Lord, am I, am I taking what you've given me as you've given me this life You've given me life on this earth and then eternal life. But there is a short amount of time I have on this earth. Am I using it for your glory? Am I doing everything that you're calling me to do? Because you've paid for it. You paid for it all. You're the Alpha, the Omega. You were the one, as I read in, in Colossians 1. He's, he is all supremacy. So we cannot live our lives for ourselves. Or at the end of the day, we're going to realize that we lived him for nothing. It's only as we surrender our lives, it's only as we give up everything that we, well, let me just, let me say it from a scriptural standpoint. In Matthew 16, let me just read this. It says this. Jesus says, he said this to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, at that time, they're like, take up his cross? Like, what does he mean by that? they later realized what it meant, right? It says, for whoever wants to save his life will 
lose it. These aren't just fun words. These aren't just words in a book. This is life. This, this is, we need to capture this now. Because I don't want to get to the end of my days on this earth and go, oh dang, you really meant that? But you really meant that if I don't, if I don't give it up now, that, that I'll, I'll lose it at the end? But whoever loses his life for me will find it. I want to I capture this now in my life. I want to I know his words. I want to know what he's speaking to me. And I want to walk in his ways. And this is that firm foundation that I not only hear what he's saying, but I actually step into it. Does it make sense? I don't know. Just because, just because he tells me something, I don't, if I wait for understanding, I actually miss the obedience. God did not create us to understand and then obey. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. He says, in all your ways, get to know my ways and then I will make your path straight. I'll set you on the path, which this is that, this is where we walk by faith. We walk by standing firm in his word, in the things that he's speaking, which is not standing. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's moving. It's moving out. Mm. I feel like I, I'm being tugged to this direction. I'm just going to go here. I just feel like, um, but I want to talk about this resurrection. <laughs> Lord, bring me back to it. Um, this is the part I feel like you guys need to get, though. So, I, I, there is a standing firm that he's calling us to. This is the resurrection life. Um, when he paid for it all, what he did is, is, he says this. He says, unless I go, I cannot send the counselor to you. So, the resurrection, there was a death as the Lamb of God, the resurrection is the, now him being the high priest. If, if, if we didn't have the death and the resurrection, we would have the Lamb of God dying, the sacrifice, but what we wouldn't have is we wouldn't have the high priest going into the high place, going into the heavenly courts and actually taking the blood and putting it on the mercy seat. And that it was a, a critical, that's a critical part of this blood which sets us free, which sanctifies us, which purifies us, with, which, which cleanses us from all unrighteousness once for all. Right? <laughs> Amen? Are you guys awake? Okay. I'm going to wrap up here. I shouldn't say that. Uh, I'm just going to take you here. Hebrews 10 says this. Actually, let me jump back to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9 verse 11 says this. It says, when Christ came as the high priest, it says, of a good thing, of the good things that were already there, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made. That is to say, it's not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats or of calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. It was in the resurrection as he ascended to the right hand of the Father that he goes into the throne room and he actually takes his own blood 
and he sets it on the mercy seat and he says, it is finished. And it was a once for all that there is no more, whereas before there was a, a yearly sacrifice and that yearly sacrifice just kind of like <laughs> stayed his hand away so that he, like, God cannot have sinned. So it was the, it was with, says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. There was a forgiveness, but the ultimate forgiveness came through the blood of Jesus, which is a once for all. It was a blood like no other blood. It says this, it says, just as man was destined to die once and after that to face judgment. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you where I was, but this is, uh, this is 927. Hebrews 9.27, just as man is destined to die once and then after that face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed to take away the sins of many people. His purpose of coming to this earth was to take away the sins of many people, to be the atonement, to be the, the sacrificial lamb, and the resurrection is the beauty of it. If we don't have the resurrection, we don't have the completion of what the Lord was trying to, what was, was called to do on this earth. Uh, and it says this, and it says he will appear a second time. This is the beauty of Jesus. Guys, he's coming back. He's not done. He's coming back. And this is the beauty. And, and I think there's this, well, when's he coming back? I mean, it even talks about it. It's like there's going to be those that kind of mock the Christians. Yeah, he's coming back. Sure he is. When he comes back, it is going to be in a moment. It's going to be in a moment's time. And, and our hearts, I'm praying that every heart is prepared. Every heart is ready. Every heart is set upon him for that time. And it says this. It says, he's not coming back to bear sin. Not again. He did that once. But this time he's coming back to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. And it's actually eagerly waiting with patience for him. I want to be that. I want to be, I want to be one of those that is saying, God, I'm, I'm, Jesus, I am waiting for you. And I'm eagerly waiting. I'm standing firm. I'm moving out. I'm doing the things you're calling me to do on this earth as I'm on this earth. He calls us to be the ministers of reconciliation. So in the same way that he was the first, he was the firstborn from among the dead. He is the first fruits. By the way, uh, there's, a, there's a cool scripture. Uh, so it's the first, the first fruits, right? It's the, uh, the feast of first fruits. This is the day that he's resurrected. That, that first fruits, uh, in Romans eleven sixteen, it says this. It says, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, then so will the branches be holy. This is what happened. The first fruits, uh, I was just talking to uh, our, uh, our Hebrew scholar, uh, Steve Gilbertson, and, and uh, we were talking the other day about this, but you, you basically go and, and you take your first fruits, you cut the first fruits. You don't cut the rest of it. You cut the first fruits. In this, in this case, it was the wheat. You cut it, you'd bind it, and then you'd take it in, and the priest would then wave it. And in doing so, what it did is, is it blessed the entire crop. There was a blessing over the crop. This is where it says, uh, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then so will the rest of the batch be holy. As Jesus was the first fruit, so are we holy as he is holy. 
Isn't that cool? Um, okay, I know I'm jumping around, but now I'm going to take you here. This is, this is so cool. This is, I'm going to read this out of the NLT. Sorry uh, to throw you off again. In 1 Corinthians 15, I, I want to take you through a few verses here. Listen to this, because here's the thing. This is where this resurrection that we celebrate today, this is so critically important. Now, I'm going to read this quickly. So, there you go. We got it right here. Okay. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is is useless. And your faith is useless. So, okay. Good thing it's not this way. Uh, It says, and we apostles would be lying about God if we said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, then we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. If we stop there, it's kind of depressing. But then you get to verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Come on. (laughs) He is the first fruits. And in the NLT it says first, but it's actually the translation is, he is the first fruits of a great harvest of all who have died. And so you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Come on. Listen to that again, just that part. So now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. In Romans 6, it talks about this. It says what we do, we're buried, we die with Christ. This is that baptism, is we actually go down, we, we die to ourselves so that we can live a resurrected life, so that we can actually resurrect now. And have, how do we resurrect into life? Through the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us as temples of the Holy Spirit, as temples of the Lord. So now, now the temple, the, I was seeing this, like the, the ark where, where God's spirit resided. It, was, it had to be in an ark that it was, it was gold. It had the mercy seat on top of it. It's where they sprinkled the blood. Guess where his spirit resides now? In us. In us is the body of Christ. This is the power of God now living in us. Okay. Capture this. It says, so we see just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. And just as, er, any, as, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will now be given new life. That's... These aren't just words, you guys. This is, this is the living word. <laughs> it says, but there is an order to this resurrection. 
Christ was raised as the first fruits of the harvest. And then it says, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. There is a, there is a resurrection now of our lives by the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. But guess what? It says that he seals us with, seals us with the Spirit as a deposit for the things that are to come. We get a taste right now. We get the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. We have God dwelling within us, but this is a taste of things to come. When we go into eternity with Jesus, oh, like you can't even fathom how it's going to be, how the Holy Spirit's going to be like the fullness of him. It's kind of like when you put a deposit down on something, you just, it's just a portion of it. It's not the whole thing. I want the whole thing. And I think we, couldn't ha- we can't handle it on this earth right now. We get the deposit. We get sealed with his spirit. But there is more to come, guys. So much more. There is a hope. There is a joy. When he comes back, when we get to see him face to face, like, it is going <laughs> to, it's going to be amazing for some, not for all. For those who are standing firm to the end. For those who are walking in his ways. For those who say yes to him. And and it is by his grace that we actually get to step into this. There is a part that we play. But I just want to say it is the grace of God. It is the goodness of God. Like this is what actually leads people to repentance. I want to, I'm just going to stop here. I just feel like... um, I want to play, I want to play a clip. It's just about a, it's a short clip. Uh, and it's Alistair Biggs. He's a, he's a pastor. Uh, and this was not from that long ago. It was about a, a, maybe two years ago that he spoke this. And somebody showed me this. Uh, Andrew, Pastor Andrew is actually showing me this clip. And it, it was, it just hit me. The grace of God that, that, that we get to step into something, that we get to have eternal life, not because of anything that we can do. There is the part that we play, and that's the standing firm to the end. Like, we take hold of him, but it is the grace of God. It is his blood that actually sanctifies us, purifies us, and, and atones, for the, atones for our sins so that we can come into right standing with him. And without that, we've got nothing. We have no chance I was going to say, no chance in hell. Uh, And I did. (laughs) We have no chance. We cannot do it on our own. It is by the grace of God. And so, anyway, I'll just, you got to, I want you to see this clip. Just go ahead and play the clip if you can. If you were to die tonight and you were getting getting into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that, and if I answer it, in the first verse, we've immediately gone Because I, because I believe, because I am faith, because I am this, because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answer is in the third person, because he, because he. If think about the thief on the cross, and what an amazing. I can't can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you were were cussing the guy out and your friend 
You never been in a Bible study, you never got baptized, you never you didn't know a thing about church membership, and, and yet, and yet, you made it! You made it! How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said, you know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, like, because I don't know. Well, you know, when, but, did you? So, wait, just a few questions for you. First of all, are you, are you, are you, are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? Guys, I've never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, let's just go to the doctrine of scripture. And eventually, he says, on what basis are you? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. Now, now, that's the, that is the only answer. Come on, Jesus. At the end of the day, it's the man on the middle cross who says we can come. He's the one that gives us life. He's the one that gives us everything. He, he gives us his blood. He gave his life so that we could have life. He became the first fruits. He became the first part that was actually cut and that was waved to say, I am blessing my people, those who come after me. For those that are the fruits after me, they will be blessed. They will be holy because he is holy that we actually have the ability to walk in that holiness. I just want to stop right here because we're going we're gonna to take communion in a couple minutes. But I just want to give everyone this chance. I, I feel like, and, and don't disregard this right away, like, well, I've already said yes to Jesus. I've already given my life to him. I just feel like there's an opportunity to kind of, Step back on that altar again to say, Jesus, I, I give you my life. And take hold of that, that grace. Here's this guy on a cross. And the other one was actually coming against Jesus. And, he, and this, this, this thief, he goes, don't you fear God? He goes, look at the life we've lived. We've lived in sin. But this one in the middle, on the middle cross, he's lived a perfect life. And then he looks to Jesus and he goes, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says, you will be with me today in paradise. <laughs> that thief deserved death. He did not deserve to be in paradise with Jesus. But he believed in him. He said, I see you. I see what you've done. It's not about what the, the guy on the cross did. It's not anything that he could do on his own. He actually believed in the one who could do it all. And today, I want to just give every person in this place, everyone who's watching online, an opportunity to say yes 
So here's the thing. People, I've, I was talking to somebody, uh, I think it was last week, who came here after the service. He was trying to pick something up. He was, and, uh, and I just started to share Jesus with him a little bit. And, and he goes, you know, I just believe in the universal God. I, I believe in, you know, God's universal. And I said, it's, you don't understand. It's all about Jesus. Like God lifted up Jesus to the highest place. He sent his son as a man to die on a cross so that we could actually come into relationship with the Father. So that the very thing that God created us for, for oneness with him, that we could dwell with him all the days of our life on this earth and for eternity came because of one man. And if we do not say yes to that man, if we do not give our lives to him, then we have no life. If you do not take of his body, and if you do not take of his blood, it says you'll have no life in you. And so all the other ways, and they're like, well, there has to be other ways. There's got to be another way. There is no other way. And I think sometimes people, like, if you were to say, well, the other way, there's one other way. If you climb to the top of, of, of Mount Everest and you declare these 10 things, then you can be saved. Sadly, I think more people would try to do that than to come into this relationship with Jesus and to say, no, I, I'm just going to give you my life in exchange for yours, the great exchange, that I'm going to say, Jesus, have your way in my life. I, I need you. I can't do this alone. There's no high mountain that I can climb, things that I can do to actually attain this place of, of dwelling with you, of living with you, of having reconciliation from my sins. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person, every one of us, not one of us can make it on our own. No one has lived a perfect life. But he gives us, <laughs> he gives us his one and only son. Isn't it crazy that here's Abraham taking his one and only son up to the top of the mountain to sacrifice him. And God provides the lamb. And that lamb becomes his one and only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have. I pray that no one misses this chance. No one misses this opportunity to come into this relationship with you, to say yes to you. It says, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you say yes to me now, I will say yes to you. It is about saying yes to Jesus, to grabbing hold of him, so that the man on the middle cross will say, he said I could come. <laughs> he said I could be here for no other reason. I didn't have it all figured out. I didn't do all the Bible studies I needed to do. I didn't go through all the things that I felt like I needed to do. But he said I could come. 
So just with, I, I want to do this because I, I just, but I want everyone to bow your head. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone, but I want to know if this is, if you're, if you're doing this, whether you're saying yes to him for the first time or whether you're just kind of, maybe you'd stepped away, you're not walking with him, <laughs> you're not standing on that firm ground, you're not, you haven't, you haven't surrendered your life to him, you've kind of, you might have said yes, and then you're like, but I'm going to go live my own life. I want you to, we're going to walk in that grace. We're going to, we're going to live from that place of grace, but we're going to live in him. And so if there's been like a kind of a prodigal type of thing where you've stepped away, let today be a day where you come back and you say, Jesus, I'm coming to you. You're the author and you're the perfecter of my faith. I'm going to set my eyes upon you and I'm going to run the race that you have put before me with a perseverance, with a strength that comes by your spirit. That before, before this new covenant was set in place, that Holy, the Holy Spirit wasn't able to be within me. But now, because of the blood of Jesus, which cleanses me from all unrighteousness, now your spirit can actually reside on the inside of me and can empower me, the fullness of Christ living within me to accomplish all that you've called me to accomplish, to live the life that I've been created to live. So if that's you, with every head bowed, I just, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I'm saying yes. Yeah. I see, I see hands. I, yeah, just thank you, Lord. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. I feel like it's like, it's almost like you're just reaching up and then Jesus is just reaching down. <laughs> Let him take hold of your hand right now and just begin to lead you. And I'm going to just say this. I just want us to pray this together. If you just repeat this after me, every one of you, I know, I know those of you that raised your hands, here's the thing is this is a prayer and what we're doing is we're, we're kind of setting a stake in the ground right now. We're setting a memory stone to say, Jesus, I'm taking today, this very day on April 9th, 2023, to say from this day on, I am going to live my life for you. Does it mean you're going to live it perfectly? No. But we set our eyes on him. We run the race. He gives us, he empowers us and strengthens us. And when we mess up, this is the beauty of his blood and of his grace is we get to run to him. And the enemy in, the, in his, what he loves to do is he loves to bring shame in and say, see, you can't do it. Our response just needs to be, you're right, I can't. <laughs> But I have Jesus, and in him, he's the one that empowers me and strengthens me to walk the life that I'm called to walk, to walk in the fullness of life, to live a life that's in him, that I don't have to live in that place of sin, that sin is no longer, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm now, I'm a, I become a slave to righteousness, to walk in that place, which is freeing. Jesus says, I have come to give you freedom. So let's just repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your death. Thank you that you gave your life for me. Thank you that your blood is the perfect blood 
that you're the perfect sacrifice. I take hold of your blood. I take hold of your life. Thank you that you raised from the dead. You were raised from the dead. That you're seated at the right hand of the Father. And you're interceding for me right now. Would you cleanse me from all unrighteousness? Forgive me from all my sin. Send my sin as far as the east is from the west. Remember it no more. Thank you for your love. I receive your love. I thank you. You first loved me. And you give me your Holy Spirit so that I can walk in your ways and love you with all my heart. I call you my Lord and I call you my Savior. I will declare it from the rooftops. I will share it with others. I will be an ambassador of Christ. Strengthen me in these days. Help me to walk closely with you. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can you just give the Lord a hand? I know there are just a number of people across this place. Actually, just put your hands out one more time. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. For those that just said yes to you, I think you here's the promise is you seal us with your spirit. Lord, I pray for every person in this place. Lord, help us to re remind us of what you've already done. And for those that have just said yes to you for the first time, I thank you that you are sealing them right now with your, with your spirit. And here's what this, it says it's the spirit, the spirit of Christ that cries out, Abba, Father. When he seals you with his spirit, he actually puts his spirit in you. He says it's the spirit of Christ as Christ is the son of God. And he says now that same spirit because of the blood which cleanses you from all unrighteousness that his spirit can now dwell within you. And then the spirit cries out, Abba, Father. And the father looks down and, cries, and, and responds back and says, Son, just as the first fruits, Jesus, was the very firstborn, now... It says, we have been born again. We are born again of the same spirit. Now with that spirit within us, we are born of a new spirit. We are born of the spirit of Christ who cries out, Abba, Father. And the Father sees us as his children. Lord, I thank you that we are called ones. We are the children of God. And it says, you lavish your love on us. Lord, I thank you for the lavish love of the Father on your children as we have your Holy Spirit. Would you baptize every person in this place with your spirit? Pour out your spirit in this place, just as you did on the day of Pentecost, Lord. Lord, I pray for an encounter of hearts today. I pray that we would experience you with a, with a boldness that as we go through life, that we don't go through with a timidity, we don't go through at, in, in fear, but it says you now give us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. 
You set your spirit within us that we would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. It says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, it is of power. Lord, I thank you that your love guides us and it leads us. I thank you that, that your, your spirit gives us a sound mind. It's that peace that passes all understanding that guards your heart and your mind in Christ. That now when circumstances come, when we face the storms ahead of us, we don't look at the storms, we look at the storm maker. We look at Jesus and we say, Jesus, you're the creator of all things. We look to you. You're the author and the, you're the perfecter of our faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We are your righteous ones that will not shrink back. We are the ones that will hold out the word of God. We will be like stars in the universe. We will be like, this, like the light on a hill where, where the, it says it will not be put out. It will not be covered. We will not be covered once, but we will be light in the darkness. Lord, I thank you that we will arise and shine in this season. Lord, we will stand firm in you. We will stand on your words and we will walk into the fullness of what you've called us to. So I just bless every person in this place, Lord. I thank you for what you've called us to. I thank you for the awakening of hearts in this season. Mm. I have a lot stirring in me, but we're going to just close with... with uh, can you guys... Can you guys help with this? Can you just pull these out? Uh, we're going to just take communion as we close here. There's just so much beauty in this understanding of, of the body and the blood of Jesus. There's, a, there's this union that we have with Christ by the Holy Spirit. There's a oneness that we have with him. And, and this is one of the acts that he has his church do in remembrance of him. That we get to take his body, we get to take his blood. And, and it's something, it's, it's our lifeline. It's, it's what we hold on to without the blood and the body. We're, we're up a creek. <laughs> we have no chance I want to, I'm going to read this and then we're going to take communion together. Um, and I am, I'm actually, I want to do this as we take communion. I feel like you may not know anyone else here. You may know others. Uh, I always say extroverts help the introverts. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to just get to pray. Just, I don't want you to do this alone. I want you to do it with at least one other person. You can do it with a spouse or with your family, but if, if you see someone who's alone, will you just, will you as the extrovert go grab them? And if you're an introverted person who's alone, will you just go grab a, a group of people and say, hey, I'm going to take communion with you? Uh, I feel like we're supposed to do this in groups and, uh, and we're going to just spend a little time just praying over each other and just, just encouraging each other. We need the encouragement of the body of Christ in these times that we're in. And this is the beauty of it, is the enemy, Satan, would love to isolate the body in the, into the place where it's like you think you're all alone in this. It's just you and Jesus. But the whole purpose of what Jesus did is that he's cre he has the bride of Christ. He has the church. He's the bridegroom. He's the head of the body. 
He's the head of this church, but, but there's a oneness that he calls us to and that we can actually strengthen each other. That it's like you may be a foot or an arm and, and you need, we need each other. This is why we're called the body of Christ. It's not all the... Anyway, you get it. Uh, <laughs> but I want to I read this. This is out of Ephesians 3. And as we take communion... I'm asking the Lord to reveal himself to us in a deeper way. That, actually, let me just go to this in, uh, in Luke. Just that part where they're on the road to Emmaus. This is what I believe is going to happen here as we do this. So they're on this. This is after the, after the, uh, the death and the resurrection of Christ. And, but, but, it's the day that Jesus is resurrected and there's two that are there again they're heading to the road on the road of, to Emmaus it's about seven miles from Jerusalem and they're walking along and, and Jesus shows up but they don't know it's Jesus and Jesus is walking with them and uh, and there's a, a couple things that he says he says to them because they, they don't understand that Jesus is going to be raised from the dead he had told them he had told the disciples and he says to them he goes how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? It says the beginning and beginning with Moses and with the prophets. And then he began to explain to them. It says he opened up the scriptures to them as they walked along this road. Uh, and it, it says when they, they came to kind of this fork, it came to this place, and uh, I'm just kind of paraphrasing this, but it says Jesus acted as if he was going to go further, but they were like, no, would you stay with us this evening? The day's almost over. Why don't you come back with us? And so Jesus is like, okay, I'll, I'll come back with you. And so they go and they sit down at the table, and it says, and Jesus took this bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke the bread. And, and it says, in that moment, their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus. And I believe that even as we take communion, that there's just going to be an opening of eyes to see in a greater way that the Lord's just going to kind of explode some things in our heart. So Lord... We thank you for your body. We thank you for the body of Christ that was broken for us. We thank you, it says in Hebrews, that, that it's like as the curtain was torn, it's like the body was torn. There was a breaking of the body in that moment. Lord, I thank you for the oneness that you call us into through a broken body. This is what you call us to. And it says that, that we would take hold of this bread of life. That Jesus is the bread of life. So I thank you that we get to take hold of the bread of life. We thank you that you are life. And that this is, that you're the sustaining life. The sustaining power in our lives. And the blood. Ha. We thank you for the blood that sets us free. It cleanses us. It purifies us. 
It's the most powerful, it's the most powerful thing on the face of the earth is the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you've taken that blood up to the Holy of Holies and you've put it on the mercy seat and you said it is finished and that we get to take hold of that blood even now. So I'm going to read this and then we're going to take communion. This is out of Ephesians 3. You can put it up on the screen. This is Paul praying. This is what I pray right now. I pray that Jesus would unveil within each of you the unlimited riches of his glory and his favor as he puts his Holy Spirit in us and moves us until supernatural strength floods our innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. And then, as we stand firm, as we constantly use our faith, that the life of Christ would be released deep inside each of us. And that the resting place of his love would become the very source and root of our life. Lord, let the resting place of your love become the very source, become the root of our life. That we would be empowered to discover what every holy person experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Jesus Christ in all its dimensions for how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement. That's your love. It transcends our understanding. It goes beyond our understanding. This extravagant love, it pours into us until we are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. So may we never doubt God's mighty power that is at work within us to accomplish all that he's called us to accomplish. And then he says this. This is the part he's going to do. And he will achieve infinitely more than our greatest request, than our most unbelievable dream. And he will exceed our wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes us. And now, may we offer up to God all the glorious praises that rise from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be magnified through time and eternity. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.